Howdy, sluts! Welcome to another episode of QBT, a podcast where two queer babes talk mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. This week, we're continuing our theme around fears, phobias, and horror, and joined by special guest, Glucose Bowery. Um, I am a licensed social worker and therapist practicing in Austin, Texas, Maddie Germs. And I'm Shawnee, a clown, <laughs> a former New York City-based <laughs> therapist turned media and entertainment badass based in Portland, Oregon. We might be therapists. But we're not guilty therapists. Okay. We're not. It's we're just not. We're not. Yeah, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> another week, another episode. Another slay, another day. Ooh, uh, <laughs> subslide. How you doing over there? Subslide, subslide. Um, I'm doing well. I am uh, enjoying Indigenous Peoples Day, uh, having it off, spending time with family. Um, yeah, how are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Did you know Oregon officially recognizes Indigenous Peoples Day now? Hell yeah, as they should. Awesome. Not that I get a day off. For it or anything but you know that's not the point um so i have a very random random question for you oh it's kind of like a oh riddle no. it's like a riddle it's more of a riddle than a question okay are you ready uh, i don't know all right let's listen what do <laughs> what do calamari the hunger games and netflix have in common fried foods Mm, maybe, but that's not the answer I'm looking for. Is it Squid Games? It's Squidward, Squidward Games. Game. It's Squidward. Squid Game. <laughs> it's Squid Games. It's... Have you watched? Yes. Have you watched the whole I thing? I am. I have to watch the finale tonight. So no finale oh. spoilers on uh, this podcast. But I also, I think I had. I think I know what happens, which is fine. Um, but we can just talk about, you know, the series in general. Okay. Overall experience for you. How was it? Um, exciting. Like yeah. I feel like the hook and appeal of it is I mean, it's like a I feel like it is a little bit of a tried and true formula. Like put a bunch of people somewhere, make them endure challenges. Yeah. Maybe throw in a couple of twists. Like, you know, there's there's certain nuances to it, obviously, that make it um that have, that are making it the the viral hit that it is but mm-hmm. for the most part like i get it like i'm just like of course this is a hit like we love this yeah. kind of stuff like i can probably name 10 other things that have a base premise like this yeah i think that this uh the aesthetic of it like the brightness like i enjoy that i enjoy yeah. the sort of um childhood game like yeah uh portion of it i think that's sort of sort of fresh and new um yeah. but yeah i mean saw i feel like it's squid games squid see now i said squidward games and i want to call it squidward games i think it's also just squid game it's just like singular oh it's okay i don't think it matters that much um <laughs> but for those who don't know who for some reason or are, are tired of everyone telling them to watch the show i'm i felt like i was almost in that camp i almost was like, I'm actually, just because of how much people are talking about it, I'm not going to see this for three years. Like, I just, mm. I think that that was almost where I was at. And then I finally just decided to press play. But for anyone who doesn't know, it's um, a Korean show um, that pulls 
people who have large debts into this game where they play children's games. They have six to play, but if you die, you, or if you lose, you die. And so it's folks, what will you do for money? Who will you betray? It's a sort of exploration of the human condition, Um, but it's really beautiful. Um, It's, everyone in it is really beautiful. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, I think that it, there's some things I really love. There's some things that I found a little annoying. Like the, of course, when we're like unveiled who the villains are, they're all like creepy, pervy gays. Like, you know, I don't know. Do you remember that part? No. We're like, <laughs> have you seen the part where all the um, people in the masks come, the VIPs come? Wait, what episode is that? Six or seven. Oh, or no, seven. I haven't made it that far, but that's fine. Okay. I well, probably would have predicted it by episode four. I'm on episode like three right now. So I'm not like, super, okay. I'm like halfway through. Okay. One of my, my favorite episode is the marble episode. And um, I won't reveal too much about it, except there is finally this like really intense scene between these two women in the show that like, it is gut wrenching. And that is one thing that I keep walking away from the show. I found it very hard to binge. Mm, like you had to, yeah you had to like take a break yeah because and it, it is very violent violence isn't it's not the violence that is in quotes bothering me i'm not bothered by the violence that it, it it's just emotionally like intense and i don't know why this is making me feel that way when other things like this i don't know something like battle royale or something like mm-hmm. that like do not give me the same sense of like unsettled like Ugh. It just, it really just like, I feel like when I walk away from an episode of Squid Game, I'm just like, ugh, like that yeah. was just so gross. Like just a morally gross, you know? Well, it's like the base premise of it, like, you know, people that are in series debt, like going through these, I mean, these actual challenges in games where it's like, you're either gonna get out of debt or die. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no in between. I mean, that's, that is an intense situation. I haven't, that has not been done, I don't think. Yeah. In, like, in and like medium yet. Yeah. And we've had these like sort of, I mean, Hunger Games is sort of like, what if it was in the future and we mm-hmm. had like the elites sort of picking apart the poor in this like forced game. There's something about choice here that's really sinister. Yeah. Like there's something about the choice to participate or not and the allure and the temptation mm-hmm. to, to, to participate. Um, because like, the fucked up thing about it is that like everyone realizes this is fucked up. A bunch of people die and then they're given the choice to come back. And like almost all of them do. And like, yeah. that is like what is just so like, um, I was also reading online. Someone was saying that there's something specifically Korean political about it. And the, that the government has had a lot of like mass killings that have been swept under the rug or like hidden. Mm-hmm. And so there's this like, very specific political lens there. There's the American lens of like, oh, capitalism destroys people, right? Um, but um, there's there's also like, I don't know. It's just, there's so much I love about it. The little episodes of the, when you're watching folks play this game, there's part of your brain where you're like, oh, I'd be great at that. But like, in reality, I know I would be, I would be gone that first red light, green light game. Like that little like head bitch, dead. She would have gotten me for sure. (laughs) But I mean, it's also like, to your point, 
it's not like Hunger Games where it's in the future. Like this, and it's mm-hmm. also like the close the closeness to home that it hits. It's like this could very well like I this could happen next week. Like next week, I don't know. NBC could be like, hey, we have a new game show. And mm-hmm. I would not be shocked or surprised. And like I feel like people would sign up for it. Like people would risk their lives for it. They people would risk their lives for much, much, much less. That's a good point. The ways in which those shows like Wipeout and all these other things, while people aren't dying, there is something about public humiliation for Mm -hmm. like the masses and then also humiliation for entertainment. You know, like this isn't something specific to America. I mean, the Roman Colosseum was like, Mm -hmm. you know, picking poor people and making them die for entertainment. Like this is unfortunately part of the human condition, I guess the human condition, especially that is divided by class. But, um, there is the desperation here. I also, I hate the main character. Like that's, I think another part that I mm. is hard about this. I'm not like rooting for that person at all. Like I, yeah. I want that person to die. die. I, he hasn't I, I keep really waiting. like salvaged himself. I feel like, no. or like grown, you know? And I haven't seen the last episode, but I don't think he does. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that oh. that's like, I think the kind of the point of it is that like, people and even if they're exploited and go through shit they're just kind of depraved and like maybe something happens last episode and people are like that's not the point but like i um i don't know i just he's a shit dad i just i i don't understand how that is the person that i'm supposed to be rooting for because i'm not Not. and i mean (laughs) even if they they did a complete like 180 on the last episode then this would be a terrible series <laughs> like, that's not, i agree yeah that's not how you end a show like you can't have a character be uh that yeah. terrible and then in the last hour everything turns around and they're suddenly yeah. a great person Mm-mm. and there's like a bit of a mystery thing going on too there's a missing brother and like a cop who comes in to infiltrate the palace island that these folks are on mm-hmm. that is super interesting and cool um I don't know. I just, I, there's lots that I really liked about it. And I was saying at the beginning how I almost avoided it because of the hype. I think in a lot of ways it, it, it lives up to it. I have not, yeah. not enjoyed a single episode. I may not be able to sit and like, just kind of run through it, but every episode I'm like, I will watch the next one. And I just can't do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I need yeah. to go eat dinner or something like that. I feel like I'm a glutton for punishment because I, there are like very few series that I can't, binge sorry blue was drinking water very loudly and i was like who's in my apartment (laughs) um just a gulpin just a gulpin um there's very few series that i like can't binge as of right now the only one that i haven't been able to do it is uh they oh i mean i never started but i got to episode three and then i was like you know what this is just i'm just not gonna watch any more of this (laughs) yeah no i i don't think it's worth the time in a nope. lot of ways um, um yeah i don't know i feel like a gift squid game a try i think if you're interested at all i will also say for folks who like sort of have chronic dual screen syndrome um it sounds much better in the original korean with the subtitles and there is a dubbed mm. version that isn't horrible to watch part of that reason is because half the people are in masks so a lot of the dialogue you don't get that like mixed up yeah. you're not saying that kind of thing i will say also it's a better dub than i have seen in a lot of dubs but um we, i've we've done both we've like watched a couple episodes in korean and then we were like 
we're a little sleepy or like we're eating dinner at the same time, we've been watching the English dubbed version, but um yeah just don't do I what don't i did where <laughs> i was watching the dub version with the subtitles on and then i was like what am i doing this is first of all none of this is adding up everybody's saying something different yeah <laughs> what is this show about um yeah. yeah i i also feel like dub shows it's interesting at first i'm always like oh this is dubbed or like i don't know that i have the mental capacity right now to read subtitles like mm-hmm. all night but every single time, I'm surprisingly surprised where I'm like, oh, no, this is great. I don't need, I, I don't need them to speak English for it's, me to like, yeah. get into it. It's really, it's really not that hard. And it is, as long as it's not like a super, super dialogue heavy mm-hmm. show, it's really not that difficult. I think the problem for me is just like when my ADD is like high and I'm like looking at my phone and like doing other things at the same time or like walking around or whatever. And my brain is just like, I can't look at one screen. That is the problem. It's not the subtitles that are, I mean, I'm a subtitle ass bitch. Like I just, I have a room <laughs> for everything. We know, but I know, I know. I was actually <laughs> reading this thing the other day that like it helps develop neuroplasticity because you're engaging like emotionally visually with something and following story and image so you have like sight and emotion and feeling and then you're also engaging reading so it's like literally helping to stretch your brain and like allowing it to do multiple things at once it's like that thing of like juggling it can help do that or whatever but i just um it was just a pro pro subtitle tweet I I just say, just so <laughs> why aren't you juggling then <laughs> i know i know <laughs> I, don't, I love to read. Honestly, I was thinking about this and it really came from when I was in high school, I would have to watch things after my parents went to sleep on such a quiet volume that I would, I just learned to watch and fall asleep to shows that had subtitles. So like a lot mm. of times I'll put on a TV show. It's so quiet. Like it's at this, it's at the, it, the volume of my fan plus one. Like it's like, just no. like <laughs> barely there. And then the subtitles and I'm like, mm, perfect. That's um that's what that started and then now I just I watch subtitles with everything. Meanwhile, my uh like I don't know what they're called, the people that live in this building with me. Neighbors? Yeah, but we're like I, okay, sure. My neighbors. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all don't know my life, y'all don't know where I live. <laughs> <laughs> my neighbors, meanwhile, my neighbors hate me because I'm like, oh, the fan is on. I need to crank this volume to like 85. Well. <laughs> and the like walls are rumbling, and I'm like that feels good. That feels right. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you, I don't know what it is. There's something about like it being so loud that I'm like, oh my God, I, I just, I want to go to a movie th- theater for that experience. Like that, like you're like, I have a sound bar. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, what? Part of it for me is truly like a neurodivergent thing too. I think of like, I have a hard time uh, sometimes, uh, hearing like the spaces in words like even sometimes in this podcast i'll like trying to be listened to really hard and it's not like the person is whispering it's not that the volume is low it's that it takes a second for me to like figure out what someone said and so if a Mm. movie is doing that i'm like oh no i i missed something because they were mumbling also a lot of movies now bring like the background noise to the same level of the dialogue and i'm like there is absolutely no way i can hear Oof. Or if I can hear it, I will not understand it. So I have to have the words. Bad sound will ruin everything. We should know. Um, we should know. Thank you for sticking with us. <laughs> Thank you for sticking with us. Um, also, one last comment before we get into the work. Don't you wish human beings had, like, subtitles? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 100%. That's... Especially in mask culture. Yes. Ugh. Why hasn't anybody made... Okay. 
I have my new my new business venture. Billion dollar idea. Billion Let's dollar go. human subtitles. Yes. Up next, we are with um, Wolf Leather, Glucose Bowery. Stay with us. This week, we are joined by drag artist and friend of the pod, Glucose Bowery. Glucose loves to fuck around with gender and their art and often has a horror, spooky, ooky, kooky twist. We're delighted to have you today. Hi, to talk horror, fear, etc., etc. Welcome. Hello. Thank you guys for having me. I am uh, so stoked to talk about spooky shit and just uh, <laughs> malicious gay faggotry and however it may manifest during the spookiest of Malicious months. gay so, faggotry. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Sign me up. I need yeah. some. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I love Malignant. It was so much fun. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to ask you a serious question, but because you brought it up, I was not a fan. Tell me why you liked that movie. Mm, I, this mm-hmm. podcast needs some malignant stands I, in its midst. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Okay, so is malignant a good no. movie? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. But I will say, my in in defense of malignant, I I love James Wan. Like what he's what he's done. Like when he's allowed to be creative, that's what I like. Like the first Great. saw was absolutely everything. But. Then he got absorbed by studios and is just like being forced to like put out like really bad spooky haunted yes. house movies that I don't have any interest in. Uh, so Malignant was original concept and it was fun. Like it was the most fun I'd have watching a horror movie in such a long time that wasn't trying to like unpack trauma and grief, which like I love Hereditary. Sure. I love Midsummer, I love A24, yeah. blah, 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 all that. Ari Aster go off. But I just want to have fun sometimes. I just want to eat popcorn and be like, ooh, spooky. Um, also, it was unintentionally funny. And like it was, uh, you can tell it was made by people who have an appreciation for horror movies. So that's where I was like into it. I'm So I buy all of that. And I just watched Drag Me to Hell this week, which to me is oh my God. that. <laughs> I, I love Drag Me to Hell. Like it is one of my favorite movies like of all time. I just love it. And I think that it is made by people who have an appreciation for horror. It allows itself to have scary moments while also being like batshit ridiculous. Is it a good movie? I don't know. I love it though. For some reason, Malignant did not read to me with the same like wink. It, to me, felt yeah. like it thought it was a good m- movie. And that is why I don't, that's what makes me angry about it. <laughs> I, can, I can definitely see that. I'm like, I feel like I was kind of lucky because I went in totally blind and uh, watched it with some friends. Uh, so I feel like that really shaped my experience watching okay. it for the first time because I was able to just talk shit the whole okay. time. Mm. And that's what I love. I will buy that. I think Spencer and I sat down to like have a like, oh, shit, this cover art one, best cover art in yes. a while. Yeah, yeah, the poster like, was amazing. sit down. Oh, absolutely let's, stunning. Let's be stunned. Let's be spooked. And we both were like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, literally, what the fuck is going on here? What were you going to say, Shawnee? I'm sorry. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen it at all. And I don't know. I feel like coming off of what you've said, Maddie, and what Carlos said, and what <laughs> others have said, I will probably never watch this movie. <laughs> but the poster looks really fun. <laughs> Oh yeah, the the art direction for the for the uh, 
for the advertisement, I'm like, it's everything. I'm like, it's great. I also love the misdirection in the trailer, but like, yeah, that's, okay. that's another thing. I like misdirection yeah. in the trailer. Too. I think, honestly, Shawnee, because like your setup with it being like, this is kind of a bad movie, it honestly might be a better experience for you. I think I was going into yeah. it hoping to be like, I don't know, spooked in this one way. And I was just like, they're the same bitch. Why am I going to watch this whole thing? <laughs> like that, the, they're the same person. That is literally her attic. Like I, I like, oh my why? God. <laughs> of course that's what this is. Like, Wait, so sh- <laughs> what's the, just tell me the ending. What happens? Is there a twist? Is there something she, like, why? she has like a cancerous twin. Yeah. He's a, he's a malignant uh, cancer twin. You um, know what? Yeah. And she's a Pisces and it just doesn't work. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Could you imagine twins have different star signs? Oh my okay. gosh. <laughs> oh no. Okay. We have In got that movie, off the movie. rails. <laughs> um, Glucose, thank you for telling me about malignant. But most importantly, <laughs> what I would love to know is what identities do you hold that shape how you come into this world? So uh, how I would like pretty aptly describe myself is just uh, queer. I'm like, (laughs) it is uh, one, I'm lazy. (laughs) Two, it does a lot of heavy lifting. And three, I'm like, I'm lazy. Um, So it's, (laughs) I'm just a simple he, they trying to just uh, live my faggot fantasy. That's that's how I describe myself. I love it. Um, Tell me about your drag. Tell me about like, so because this is an audio medium, I can't be like, look, everyone. But uh, you, your makeup is beautiful. Um, It's very, very beautiful. And like, while um, I think our sort of drag time was like at at different times, like watching you from like club moments to like what also I see you producing and putting out now, like you've grown so much in just a few years in terms of like, not only you've had a very specific vision the whole time, but it is getting like, it's just beautiful. I mean, I'm bad at makeup. So like, who cares what I say, but you have a very, very beautiful um, hand and eye. Uh, thank you. I'm like, it's a, uh, it's a lot of hard work. It's uh, <laughs> and uh, taking a lot of inspiration uh, from places where uh, like a lot of drag performers take inspiration from the same places, but I feel like I take it and then uh, my ADHD steps in and it's like, oh, but let's think about like what it's related to and like, let's go off and then things happen. And then I just, uh, do art on my face and then I put on a wig and then uh strangers pay me <laughs> money and I love it. Um <laughs> um how would you sort of describe your aesthetic? Uh my aesthetic uh it really ranges uh because I I come out of like costuming and cosplay and like very nerdy very nerdy shit uh and it also comes out of an appreciation for being lower middle class uh, uh, in a tiny town uh, outside of Portland. So it's uh, a lot of big ratted blonde hair and like country influence. And uh, but also artists like Ethel Kane. She's someone who I'm like obsessed with right now. Uh, just very embracing the, uh, the aesthetic of my childhood, but in a way that's empowering. Uh, Wait. <laughs> So I'm like, yes, this is what I came from, but look at her. <laughs> can you can you break that down a little bit more? I don't know who Ethel Kane is. And also I just I find things from your childhood sort of being refined a little bit better in adulthood is just like my MO. But yeah, 
explain that a little bit more yeah i'm like it's uh so ethel kane she is a uh she's a trans woman who makes incredible music it's very like shoegazy like uh but dark unpacking a lot of like religious traumas and things of that nature uh but she's incredible um and just her her vision is very like late 70s culty like uh walking barefoot with my brown middle part uh hanging out with alligators and just vibing like it's very it's very much what uh i'm looking to bring into my drag but with uh a combination of like 2007 like straight up sleaze and like grindhouse films at the same time like if that bitch was murdered (laughs) <laughs> yes very that i'm like she's like I'm, i want to give cult yeah. leader but like approachable <laughs> like i'm not a cool i'm not a regular cult leader i'm like okay. a cool one. Oh my. <laughs> speaking of cult leaders have you watched midnight mass yet i watched the first four mm-hmm. episodes and uh i was styling a wig during that so i need to watch the first four episodes again <laughs> but uh it was fun yeah, it was yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, i'm like i love seaside horror <laughs> like it is it's underutilized do you like that new season of american horror story that's out right now i i me and ryan murphy <laughs> yeah, I, okay <laughs> absolutely on the same, same boat we, we've had 90 million conversations <laughs> dragging her and I feel like the first few episodes of this, the seaside horror, I didn't hate it. Like I was surprised. Is this I, new season I seaside I horror? It either. I was, uh, like, what oh, was I know. Sorry, American <laughs> Horror. Story. I have not watched this season at all. Is it seaside horror? horror? It's two parts. So one part takes place in it's yeah, half it of takes it. place in P Town oh. and is like basically vampires by the sea, and then it switches. And it's about aliens. I assume that there's going to be some tie-in at the end. And I don't know how of this person managed to, like, <laughs> fuck up having a bad sixth episode on when it's two separate stories. And still, like, anyway, it doesn't matter. I just want, you said seaside horror, and I just want to yeah. know how you felt about it. <laughs> uh, it is, yeah. It's all right. I just think Brian Murphy has good ideas, but no follow-through. Yeah. Like, yeah. period. I mean, same. <laughs> so, like, you know, whatever. But... <laughs> yeah i'm like i get it <laughs> like he realizes like halfway through the series like oh wait i have to like i have to tie this up like this yeah. can't just sit there yeah like that. he's like oh there's a woman here we she's got to give birth <laughs> oh that's a wait woman. there's there's six extra side characters just murder them all it's fine yes yeah, yeah for sure uh the for me like a tipping point with uh red tide American Horror Story Red Tide, there was a line about fisting, just randomly. (laughs) And I was not prepared. And I'm like, Miss Ryan, Miss Murphy, we need to have words. We know you like the same person over and over and over as like, that's what happens. He just fists them until they're like unusable. And he's like, all right, we gotta get another one in here. Bring me another brown, not brown, brunette, faggot. Um, (laughs) Specifically not brown. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know Ryan Murphy's life. <laughs> I feel like we do. That's the problem. That's, that's the problem. The, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Miss Gluth goes. Besides, um, Ryan Murphy, how did you get into horror? Like, what brought you to it? What are some of your earlier memories of it? So, getting into horror, I was uh, I was raised on straight to video Disney sequels. Um, so, my first like Lion King one and a half inspo that i'm like yeah flanking one and a half flanking two sims pride go off oh, uh, but uh 
Yes, God. Um, but it was just like these not so classic, very like off off the beaten path Disney villains where I was just like, oh, they're surfing. I love that. And I love that they're kind of spooky. And then uh, I was uh, my mom was very young and uh, decided to watch The Ring the weekend that it came out and took me with her and that changed my life forever oh she was traumatized but i was living it was everything like naomi watts Ugh. <laughs> but yeah the ring was where it started and then it like following immediately after and that's where i found like makeup and then clown clown shit and now i'm here <laughs> um so as a disturbed person tell me why you like clowns <laughs> Yes. Um, so that would actually be uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, period. Uh, the Rob Zombie movie, Captain Spaulding, like really just showed me like, oh, yeah, clowns are like evil, but oh, they're fun <laughs> and they can be funny and they can be creepy, like all the same time. Like it's not one or the other. <laughs> and also, I just like have a really big appreciation for killer clowns from outer space. Um, you're hitting uh, you're hitting all the right notes right now. We talked yes. about the ring on the last episode. <laughs> I specifically talked about how um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, I watched that movie at far too young an age, and I think that combined with Tim Curry's It is what did it to me. Like, I can't, I don't find clowns even a little bit entertaining. Like, if there's one near me, I'm like, can you leave? Can you go away? I prefer (laughs) if you weren't here. I prefer if you didn't exist. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think also, like, getting into, like, loving them was uh, once I started being one. There you go. (laughs) Like, just going out in drag with, like, a super white face and stark makeup and a jock strap. And I'm like, I am a clown. <laughs> and I like me. So, this we're, is cool. We're going juggling tonight. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. I, I love The Ring as well. And I feel like that really... There are other horror things, but there's something about The Ring. I actually watched it this morning. And I realized that I could, like, not be looking at the screen and just, like, know what's coming next. Like, I've seen it so many times. I just, like, love that movie. But... Um, one of the things they were talking about last week was like uh, horror allows you to like face the thing that you fear at the same time, sometimes giving you the thing that you fear. And so then you have to like go back to that thing more to like kind of get over it. And I'm just wondering, like outside of clowns, what other aspects of horror have you like incorporated into your art? And like, was that easy to do? Was it something you had to like work on? Does that, does that question make sense? It does. Um, so I'm I'm kind of just going to like take that and like spin it uh, because it's uh, <clears throat> werewolf movies are like my all time when it comes to any like horror okay. monster movies, because it is just a straight up allegory for the queer experience most of the time. And looking at like universal monsters and like these super old horror movies where it's basically just they're just like uh What's the word I'm looking for? They're like fables for faggots. Like it's, uh, it's just people being uh, the monsters being their own identity and then being criticized for it. Uh, and so things like American Werewolf in London really uh, kind of got into that for me, even though it's a very straight movie. I'm like, I relate. I'm like, that's me. There she is. Is that Michael J. Uh, Fox? And I no, that's it Teen is Wolf. not. I I have the poster okay. right here. <laughs> it's a uh, I forget his name. I'm isn't so there, bad at it. Isn't there but, a werewolf? Uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's Teen Wolf. 
Yes, oh, Teen okay, Wolf. My bad. Okay. But not yes. the one that came on MTV with Tyler Posey. Is that his name? No. All I, I know about that her name. is that sound. Tyler Posey, Tyler Helchin, <laughs> <laughs> Dylan O'Brien. Were you a Teen Wolf girl? I have the box set <laughs> sitting to my right. Um, that, show was, that. that show was cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. I watched it yeah. for the plot. <laughs> the only thing I know about that show yeah. is the sound Tyler's dick makes when he like pulls it out on that counter. <laughs> That's the only thing I know about that show. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Do you know that video, Shawnee? I'll send it to you. No. <laughs> I'm okay, uh, though. I've seen it Same. too many times. Like, and not even on purpose. Like, I don't think I've ever searched for it. It just is ingrained in my mind. It has shown Didn't up. Didn't he start like an OnlyFans? found me. Yeah, it's hot. I mean, he's a hot person. Um, he's hot, yeah. But you yeah. were saying something serious about werewolves and gay people. <laughs> and then we started talking about Tyler's dick. So. Uh, oh, yeah. Werewolves, gay people. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, the whole concept of, uh, like, werewolf transformation and, like, the movies where it's treated like, oh, they got bit on, like, the first of the month. So we got a whole month to figure this out. Like, stuff like that. It's It gives me very much the, uh, oh, shit. I'm queer like and just figuring out your own identity but through the allegory of like oh i'm gonna turn into a murderous wolf 20 days stuff like that it's uh really inspired me (laughs) because i instead of letting that take over my life and be a negative thing like werewolf movies suggest it's uh no i just run with it and i embrace it as part of who i am and i'm like i am a drag monster get into it um yeah, don't get bit. Um, because, like, drag is a bug and it, it bites. Um, but I guess... Uh, period. <laughs> I guess I'm also curious, too, like, um, was your experience with werewolf movies and having a queer understanding of it, what, was that something that you were understanding as you were watching those? Like, when you were younger, were you like, oh, shit, this is kind of what this is for me and I like it? Or was it now that you're out faggot later, you're like, oh, I like that because... Yes, it's very that. I uh, I started watching a lot of werewolf movies when I was about like 15, 16. So I was watching like The Howling, American Werewolf in London, Ginger Snaps. Loved, I love uh, Ginger Snaps. Uh, I watched it yesterday. <laughs> it is it's everything. But uh, now that I'm now that I'm an out faggot living my best life to what I uh, hope to be my best life, uh, it's uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, uh, now that I'm an adult, I, I see that this is just very gay and you just didn't know it yet. And like, good for you. <laughs> was it your intention <clears throat> marrying sort of this, like this, uh, this passion and love for horror with drag? Did you intentionally sort of do that or did it sort of just pop up on its own one day? It kind of just happened. It was just, I've, I, it kind of just like started rolling. Uh, I started doing drag about three and a half three and a half years ago now almost oh wow it's been a minute uh but i had been doing makeup for so long before that and as i started to actually go out and perform i was like i don't want to be pretty i want to do the stuff that i like so <laughs> it kind of just took off from there and then i found my people and uh yeah <laughs> now i do this <laughs> can you i i am asking you because i don't know if i've always had an answer for this but that is exactly how i came to drag in some ways too was not necessarily doing makeup a lot but but my coming into it i was like i don't want to be pretty that doesn't interest me like i I have no interest in that and i have not been able to like always sit down with why and i'm I'm wondering with you like why why is that like an initial inclination to be like no 
ugly is better <laughs> like or like or like yeah. disgusting <laughs> is better like what is that i don't know what is that i don't know i think it's uh i think it's about finding beauty in places where people don't think it exists uh uh a lot of uh, like a lot of my drag, I've I've always said it. I, I never want to be pretty, and now that I have a beard, it's way easier. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's just being a faggot queerdo is just the ultimate goal, and just anything that stops me from doing that, I'm not interested in. Like I can I can put on an Amazon bodysuit and give you a pussycat doll seven minute mega mix, and you'll be living. But like you can get that at every third bar. Uh, so I'm like, why do that when I can do something that one, I enjoy and two, I know people are going to say either what, or they're going to be living. Like, I want to elicit an emotion. And like, if it's by making people think, go off. Not even a question comment. I was going to say, I mean, I love an aesthetic, but I feel like making something ugly in a way counterintuitively requires a little bit more artistry and creativity. Because to your point, anybody can throw on a body con dress slap on a wig and be, I don't know, a pop star. Um, but to really like dig yeah. a little bit further and to really like bring that horror aspect into it, like, I don't know. The makeup has to be on point, not in like a pretty way, but in like a, this has to look bloody. This has to look like a demon monster yeah, thing. It has to look artistically yeah. messy, which is so yeah. difficult. It's so difficult. People have no idea how difficult it is. <laughs> like until they like uh, go out for Halloween and they're like, it's not it's on my picture. But <laughs> you know? Y'all make it look easy. Y'all make looking a mess look easy. Let me stop. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and it, it takes good money to look this cheap and it takes a lot of hours to look like I spent 10 minutes getting ready. Like <laughs> um what other horror tropes we got werewolves. What other horror tropes like really speak to you? Uh, so me, uh, it's, I, I very much love a final girl. I love a final girl. <laughs> um, uh, she, uh, <clears throat> big one for me, uh, end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre ingrained in my mind forever. I, uh, <laughs> I, one, one of my lifetime goals is to feel that amount of like cathartic happiness as she does in the back of that truck. Cause she's like yes. driving away. That's yes. what Are you I talking want. about the original or the one with Jessica Biel? <laughs> Okay. The original. Does that happen in the Jessica Biel one too? I think she gets so way. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh, I think you'd like it. I drew I really do. Like it I think okay. I know that I saw that one before I saw the original just because of like the way that I had access to things. Same. Um and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, I always thought this movie was bad. This original movie's very good. And then I've come back to the one with Jessica Biel later and been like, but this one's fun. It's like, it's it's same. It's in that era of like House of Wax. So it's like that yeah. type of yes. movie. Oh, House of Wax. Oh. Paris Hilton was in that, right? Oh my oh, God. I dropped my lip Yes, off. Paris Hilton looking Great for time. her lipstick. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> yeah, there is something uh, like just so wonderful about like those moments in the back of the pick- pickup where you've been like, scared for someone for so long or even happy that like someone's boyfriend died because they sucked or whatever but you're like i want her to go like i want her to go it's like something to root for it feels good for sure it's uh like i feel like i i don't know like it is a trope like it's it's a newer trope that i would say because now horror is less misogynist yeah i would say I, i would reach and say there's a little less misogyny now but uh 
this newer line of horror movies where I, I call them good for her, <laughs> like good for her movies, like Midsummer, The Invisible Man, uh, oh, yeah. Texas Chainsaw, I would put in there just because of sake of conversation. Yeah. And uh, oh, there's another one, Raw, Raw, I would say. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I love that. Just uh, these newer, <laughs> these newer final girls where they're the final girl for a reason. Yeah. And they're just like ready to live their life the next day whether it be like in a cult or now you're the invisible man, I'm like, go off. I'm happy for you. You yeah. did the damn thing. Yeah. Or it's like also in like, uh, I, I feel like gone girls sort of within that realm too. Yes. And then um, what was that movie that came out recently? That was um, with the girl. She has the Margot Robbie face, but it's not her Samara weaving. And she's like the bride. Oh like my God. Games. Ready or not. Yeah. I liked that movie. That a was lot. great. Yeah. I have not heard of this. <gasps> Ready it's or really not good. is really good. She has to like, um, it's their wedding night. And then she goes into this room with this family and they're like, oh, by the way, every wedding we play a game and someone dies. And then that's the movie. Um, but it's great. Oh, oh, that sounds fun. It's, oh, really, fun. it's really fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, are there any horror tropes that you're like, oh, actually, before we move on from Final Girl, do you think Sydney's going to die in Five Scream? No, I, do I don't think so. I'm okay. like, think, yeah. <laughs> is Jamie Lee like, Curtis dead yet? No. So but I think she mm-hmm. might be. The, the trailer is really setting it up for her to be self-sacrificial. I feel like she's going to be like bombs on her body, like that kind of thing. Yeah. She's like, my family's going to kill Michael Myers. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. I'm so excited for it. I have a new appreciation for Halloween this year. Um, <laughs> I am so excited for that movie too. I feel like I really liked that last one that happened mm-hmm. with them. Who's the long faced girl? That's her friend, her daughter or something. Like that. Judy Greer. <laughs> yeah. Judy Greer. Yeah. I love Judy Greer. She's great. I love her. Um, are there horror tropes that you're like hard pass? I will not watch that. I don't know. I would say like, it's, uh, very much the, the beginning of the two thousands versus now, uh, that kind of early 2000s misogynistic like we're just gonna kill all these women because they're hot kind of trope i not here for it because it's uh during that time it like there was no there was no shtick there was no like wink at the audience it was just like we don't like women and i'm not i'm not very much i'm not really here for that um um or also just like i can't think of any off the top of my head but uh (laughs) <laughs> just gay characters existing just to die like five five minutes later like anything like that i'm like i'm over it <laughs> yeah we've we've learned we've done better i i hear you yeah i was gonna say earlier about the final girl piece it also seems like y'all let me know if you agree it feels the final girl feels feels queer in and of itself because it's like you know she's going through all of this xyz and she still made it out on top, where she still like yes. made it through, you know. And every, I mean, I don't I know a queer person doesn't want that storyline to happen to them at least once, you know. I'm like that is that is very much how I feel about that as well. Uh, it's uh, it's why I take the inspiration from them. Like <laughs> they're incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, how has horror shaped your understanding of mental health and your mental health specifically? Um, it's, uh, horror has really like given me a way to contextualize my mental health, uh, in a way where I can look at it as a a separate entity from myself. Like 
yes, it's an internal struggle, but uh, it doesn't mean I have to like look at it as being my fault. I'm like, there's all these external factors that uh, make make my brain be the way it is. And uh, horror movies have really like given me a way to just like sit, think about it, like unpack it a little bit, getting into like hereditary, <laughs> hereditary territory, um, <laughs> especially like with. Yeah, hereditary territory. Hereditary yeah, territory. I love her. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it's it's all good. Uh, but hereditary actually came out around the same time uh, that I suffered some loss in my family. Uh, so that was that was a wild time. I, uh, but watching that movie really like helped me figure out that like oh grief isn't linear and like it affects people around me and it gave me a way to like understand how others around me were feeling if that makes sense um yeah they're they're good they're scary but they're good for my brain <laughs> i'm I sorry love about the loss oh yeah it's uh life life happens death happens but uh yeah i know i know my granny's having fun wherever she is i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I do love that you're able to to see the the parallels in Hereditary and then versus like real life. Are there any other films or movies that pop out to you that have helped you through like a rough time that happen to be horror movies? I can't name any of for myself. Maybe Candy, hmm. maybe the recent Candyman. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I need to think on that, but uh. I will add uh, the craft, honestly. <laughs> uh, the craft was a movie that I had not seen for too long. Uh, I saw it for the first time like three or four years ago, right around the time I started doing drag. So watching that and then being thrown into this world of like queer micro stardom, uh, it's, it was a really good parallel for me to like look at things and be like, oh no, I just need to do this because I love it not do this because I want money and stuff mm. like that. Like, cause I, you don't want to end up like Nancy. You don't like, want to, nope. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, that was, she's a really big part of my, of my life. The golf clueless. I love the craft. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, is golf the golf clueless. clueless. We are the weirdest mister. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, what do you hold? Uh, I'm sure you do. What are you afraid of? And do you feel like you find horror content that speaks to that fear? Okay, so like if we're talking like real fears, uh, home invasion is okay. like one of my favorite subgenres of horrors because it scares the living shit out of me. Okay, okay. I'm like, wait, wait, is it right here? Yeah, I'm like, I have this sitting right here. I'm like, my strangers. Oh, oh yes, I love the strangers. The strangers is great. The first one, not the second uh, one. Liv Tyler drinking a glass of water and that man behind her, the scariest thing I've ever seen ever in seen. my life. <sighs> oh, yeah, I've intentionally that, that watched still that. gets me. It's so scary. And I've intentionally watched it in a movie, in a house, like in a cabin where like I cannot see outside because I'm like, I am, this is all I'm thinking about. It is all I'm thinking about. I have to watch this movie to let it like trick my brain into it being a movie because it's truly so yeah. scary but i also stole your idea what were you saying <laughs> no <laughs> oh man no i'm just like the the strangers like just oh just the way they do it it is it is perfect it is perfect home invasion um i would also say i recently watched your next uh and i love home invasion but that one's just like high octane and fun 
Um, That's so the that animal was, mask one? Yes. I'm like, oh. I love it. I love watching people who hate each other, like, just fight. <laughs> I think if you like that, I think you'd really like Ready, Ready or Not. It gave yeah. me similar energy. It just, like, okay. pulled apart. But um, there's this new Netflix show called, like, I feel like Kiana texted me about it. It was, it's like, someone's in your home. <laughs> That's not what it's called. It's, like, I'm pretty, it's, like, it's called, like, I'm pretty sure you're in my house. <laughs> like, I don't, know. Oh, I don't know. Why would you name it that? I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty but... sure you're in my house. This is my, I live here, right? <laughs> anyway, if no one has seen it, then we don't have to talk about it. We'll save it for, there's someone inside your house is what it's called. It's a, it's a new young teen movie or something. But it's, I want to watch it. It's like an hour and a half or something, but yeah, I'm going to have to bookmark that. Um. <laughs> I also just saw this one on Prime that was, uh, it was like a, it was about this black girl in New Orleans who has like a gay Mexican best friend and it's about vampires and it's what it's really about is about like poverty and racism in New Orleans. But the way that it tells this story is that like this vampire lineage is like preying on houseless folks and folks in the projects in new orleans and like then it becomes this girl's like mission to out them and rid them from the city and like whatever it's sort of about drug use i mean it's not sort of it absolutely is about drug use anyway it has like these buffy moments while also being this like allegory for how society is set up and i think sometimes those things can lean so hard in the allegory way where you're like oh my God, I didn't watch this to be preached to. Like, I did not, I'm not here to watch a movie to be told, like, what's wrong with the world. I know that. I like horror movies. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I get it. Um, I think that this has, like, a good blend. It definitely felt like maybe, like, a an uh, early movie for, like, a, someone's first or second movie or whatever, but it has some, it's called, like, Black as Night. I'm just throwing it out there. It's like, if there's an... It sounds incredible. Oh. It's cute. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you have been thinking about in terms of horror and your art and your appreciation and your queerness that you want to like share with us that you've just been like really ruminating on this Halloween season? <laughs> um, so it's just looking at horror movies and seeing yourself as the monster, uh, but as an adult and having the context to realize it's a good thing, I just think is a very powerful thing. Uh, and I think it's I think it's a very beautiful thing. Uh, like a lot of I know a lot of other queer people like have this similar experience with a lot of horror movies, and that's why we go so hard for them uh, because we get to see an allegory version of ourselves make it out at the end. And I just think it's really awesome. And I love horror movies, and I'm just, I'm happy that we're entering a new a new era of horror movies where things like mental illness and grief and misogyny and all of these, all of the isms and the horrible things that happen in this world can like be unpacked through a medium that's uh, so powerful and like visceral at the same time, which I think is very important because you want people to feel uncomfortable to get your message across because it's an uncomfortable message. And yeah, I love horror movies. (laughs) Um, bitch, I'm gonna let that be the final word. Be your own monster, diva. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back to take some meds. Hi everybody, we're back to take some meds. 
Um, it's that special time of the episode where we're going to talk about what's making us happy, what's bringing us joy, what is our Zoloft, what is our Prozac for the week. Um, Maddie, you're going to go first. Okay. Um, I got to go back to Portland this week for like a millisecond. It truly yeah, you was did. Like, it really was like a millisecond uh, amount of time. I landed on Thursday. I left on a Sunday. I I think I slept a total of 10 hours, <laughs> like maybe, maybe 12. Like I just, I was just like, boom, boom, boom. Um, and I, uh, there's lots of things that I loved about that. What I'm holding most is that, um, I think I was really scared when I moved that like coming home would feel weird or it would be sad or I would feel like I made a mistake or like, you know, all those like negative self-talk stuff that can happen when you make a big life change, you know? And I just remember getting on the plane home and I was just like, Portland is home in a way that I have heard my entire life. People talk about going home to see family and like being happy about that. And whenever I talked about that, I was like nervous and like being like, I have to talk to you about this, you know? And I, got to go home to see family and it felt good. And that's like one of the first times in my life that I feel like that's really happening. And anyway, that was mine. That's mine. That's my meds. Um, Glucose, what, what's bringing you joy this week? You smiling babe. Ah, uh, yeah, that was just so wholesome. I loved that. Um, <laughs> I'm a demon, but, but like uh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what's, what's really been, uh, tickling my brain in the best way like over the last week or so is actually a couple days ago i uh got to experience something new and spooky uh the new muppets uh haunted mansion special on disney plus what yeah so that premiered on friday and it was absolutely everything taraji p henson's in it uh it's i know what i'm watching tonight i'm ready it's so cute is eddie murphy in it Eddie Murphy is not in it. Um, there's there's a lot of cameos. It's really good. It's really good. It's short. It's sweet. It's cute. It's spooky. It's it's everything I want to be this season. Um, but it's it's really just been like powering me through because uh, the Muppets are like my rock. <laughs> Does Disney own the Jim Henson Studios? Uh, they do. I'm like I can go on a full hour long conversation on that. Honestly, <laughs> but, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Long okay. story short, the mouse is evil, but uh, I love I love funny puppets uh, that dress <laughs> like queers. So yeah. yeah, yeah. What's your favorite Muppet? Oh, my favorite Muppet recently would have to be Scooter because he's originally played uh, by Richard Hunt, who was a very gay original player for the Muppets, and uh, yeah, new appreciation for that. It's okay. really cute and like really sad, but like it's good. <laughs> Come on, I'm a Scooter. big Muppets fan as well. That's. Great to hear. What you got, Shawnee? Um, uh, okay, look. I was about to fight Maddie, y'all, because... (laughs) (laughs) You know, the meds Maddie just said. Um, (laughs) Maddie showed up (laughs) at my birthday cabin. And this is all going to be out of order, listeners. I know, like, I talked about my birthday last week, and I did not mention the Maddie surprise. (laughs) Don't worry about that. Um, I lied to your face. And you lied to my face multiple times, not just once. You had several times. I genuinely, (laughs) I was like, I've got to FaceTime Maddie on my birthday, because this fool has said do that, like, five times. And I'm like, all right, I got to FaceTime this fool. I turn around on a Friday night in my cabin. Somebody says, Shawnee, Sean. I turn around and I look 
like across the room. There's Maddie. It doesn't even dawn on me that like Maddie is in Oregon and sh- like is not supposed to be there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Maddie's here. What? Maddie's here? <laughs> you people are like, Sean, Sean, Sean. And you were like, what? 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 <laughs> Y'all know I hate people needing me to do anything. Um Including be surprised. No, that was it was an amazing birthday surprise. And um, I don't know. That's part of my meds this week. Also, all the birthday presents that I bought for myself. Let me tell you something. I'm an adult and I realized it this year. Um, I bought a Nintendo Switch. I got tatted. I went to go see Venom 2, the second one, which by the way, the like last 30 seconds of that movie just like made my brain like explode. There about to do some cool shit in the Marvel and oh, that gets me so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that birthday stuff. I'll just like wrap birthday stuff up there. I know I talked about it last week. I'll talk about it this week. I'll probably talk about it again in like another week or two because it's October and I celebrate the whole month. Um, but birthday stuff aside, Jessica and Alex howl now uh they got married last weekend i was at their wedding it was honestly phenomenal um super magical also just great to like be in the gorge like smack dab in the middle of it um for what is probably gonna be one of the last times if not the last time that i'm in the gorge and i couldn't think of a more just like beautiful couple to celebrate they're amazing people um and it was just being there with their friends their family it was very obvious that they have made such a great positive impact on those that they know. Um, and so that's shout out to everyone was like, oh yeah, dressed. everybody understood the assignment and like did it well. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, the pictures. I mean, I wasn't you know there. I the, the listeners don't know that <laughs> you could be in you could be in Oregon right now. <laughs> no gorge. Okay, let's get out of here, divas. <laughs> 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 um glucose where can our friends find you to follow you and so, harass you and send you nudes oh yeah i'm like all of the above can be done at uh twitter and instagram they're both just glucose bowery all one word you'll figure it out i'm the only one um yeah i'm like sniffy's grinder uh <laughs> jacked scruff um tinder christian mingle and plenty of fish um yeah <laughs> glucose bowery that's where that's where they find you that's um, who she is and that's a glucose bowery not glucose brewery because that's what i typed in the document earlier and then <laughs> i was like that's not right bowery i've gotten that i'm like <laughs> glucose she's the necessary sugar for life and you will get it okay <laughs> one way or another even if even if you got the celiacs if you can be a friend of glucose yes you'll um, figure it out figure i believe out. in you diva <laughs> You can follow us at QBT Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Send us a DM. Let us know how you're feeling about horror and fears and phobias this month. You can send us an email at QBTPodcast at gmail.com or leave a uh, uh, leave us a voicemail at 971-220-8874. Okay, my brain is melting. We gotta go. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Trying to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs>